Amen. Woo! Wow. I love that dance video thing. That was just oh, breathtaking. Okay, we're in the month of IR. Last Sunday we had our first fruit celebration for IR, but we're still in IR. And IR is a very, very important time. It's a transition time from Passover to Pentecost. We've all been through Passover, we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, but there's a fresh anointing of power that God wants to give at Pentecost. And this is the time between Passover and Pentecost. It's a time when God wants to equip us to move forward into a new season. And so our message this morning is the transition month of IR, crossing over from redemption at Passover to power at Pentecost. Lord, we thank you for the new season you are bringing us into. Lord, we thank you for what you want to do this year at Pentecost. And so welcome to the month of IR. If you were here with us last week, we saw that IR is the second month in God's calendar. The first month was Nisan, that's the month of the spring feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. The next month is Sivan, that's when we'll have Pentecost. But right between Nisan and Sivan, we have Iyar. Iyar is a crucial month. We saw last Sunday that it's the month associated with the tribe of Issachar. Now Issachar was the tribe, we're told, that understood the times and knew what Israel should do. So Issachar had a prophetic anointing. And this is an important month to stay in step with God's timing to understand what God is doing. And as we saw last week, this is a month when God wants to give you an Issachar anointing. He wants you to be a prophetic person who understands the times that we're living in. Now the Hebrew letter associated with this month is the letter Vav, which looks like this. Vav was originally a picture of a connecting pin. So it means a linking or a connection. Chuck Pierce said, if you move right in IR, the rest of the year will connect properly. So IR is a connecting month. It's a month of transition. In the Old Testament, IR was when God transitioned Israel from Egypt over to Sinai. And on the way, God gave them fresh revelation of who he is and what they could expect from him. See, when Israel left Egypt, they knew they were God's people, but they didn't know very much about God. They didn't have a Bible. Nobody back then had read a Bible. They just had a few stories about God appearing to Abraham. But they had lived as slaves in Egypt, and so they knew all about the Egyptian gods and what they were like, but they did not know much about the God that had rescued them from captivity. But see, God was taking them down to Mount Sinai where he would give them his law. He would give them Torah, the teaching of God. 
And in the Torah, he would ask them to reorder every aspect of their lives. And so before they got there, he needed to give them a crash course in who he is. He needed to reveal to them the secrets of the true God. And so that is what happened in the Old Testament in the month of Iyar. The Jews say Iyar is a month when God reveals his secrets. The Bible says God has secrets. Some people don't realize there are things about God we don't know. God has secrets. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever. 1 Corinthians 4 says, as Jesus' followers, we are, are entrusted with the secret things of God. So God, but God has different kinds of secrets. There are secrets of the kingdom. Matthew 13 says, the secrets of the kingdom are given to you. God has a secret that he wants to tell you. The secrets of the kingdom are hidden principles built into the universe. They're the secrets of how to live in God's favor, how to live with God's blessing, and how to experience God's promises. For example, Jesus wants to give you secrets to help you succeed in life. Luke 4, 18 tells us Jesus came to bring good news to the poor. Now, a lot of people don't understand what that means. Some people think it means to tell the poor people, you know, things are pretty bad now, but it will be better in heaven. And that's good news. Some people think it means the church is gonna set up lots of soup kitchens. And you know, that's a good thing to do. But God's good news for the poor goes beyond any of that. God's good news for the poor is you don't have to live in poverty. You can learn the secrets of the kingdom. The secrets of the kingdom are truths about how life works that you would never figure out on your own. Then there are secrets of the covenant. There are things about God that he only reveals to those who enter into covenant with him. They are covenant secrets. If you're not in covenant with God, you will not know these things about God. But if you are in covenant with him, he wants to reveal these secrets to you. See, God has a whole set of covenant names that reveal his covenant identity. They all begin with the name Yahweh. Some people translate it Jehovah. Either way works. But it always begins with that. It's his covenant name. But then they add other names to it to express what our covenant God is like. One covenant name is Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord who provides, the Lord who meets every need. Now see, God does not reveal himself as Yahweh Jireh to everyone. Some people have lack and they just stay in a mess. They never have enough. God's identity as Yahweh Jireh is hidden from them. But if you walk in covenant with God, he wants to make himself known to you as your provider. Another covenant name is Yahweh Rapha. That means the Lord who heals. See, it's part of God's nature to heal. That is what God is like. 
And if you're in covenant with God, he wants you to know him as your healer. He's not only the God who forgives all your sins in Psalm 103, he's the God who heals all your diseases. A key verse about the secrets of the covenant is Psalm 25, 14. It says, friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. With them he shares the secrets of his covenant. And see, that is what God wants to do in the month of Iyar. That's what God did with Israel back in the Old Testament this month. In Iyar, God showed his covenant secrets to Israel. You know, Nisan was the month of Passover. It was a month of redemption. It's when Israel was delivered out of Egypt. And we're heading towards Sivan, which is the month of Pentecost. It was when Israel arrived at Sinai and they received God's Torah. But Iyar is right in between. It's the Vav month. It's the connecting month. That, what that means, this is a month of transition. It's the month of Israel's journey from Egypt to Sinai. And it was on that journey that God prepared Israel for receiving his Torah at Sinai. And he did that by revealing some very important covenant secrets to them. See, after leading Israel through the Red Sea, God took them down the Sinai Peninsula, and on the way, he brought them through a series of tests. And the tests were designed to strengthen their faith and build confidence in God's ability and willingness to take care of them in any situation. The first test was at a place called Merah. After crossing the Red Sea, they traveled for three days through the desert without finding water. And they were in a bad situation. They were three days into a hot, dry desert and were running out of water. If they couldn't find water to drink, they would all die. So after three days, God brought them to an oasis, a place called Merah. They finally had found water. They were so happy it looked like an answer to prayer. But when they tasted the water, they spit it out. Because the water was bitter. It was poisoned. It was undrinkable. They still had no water to drink. And so the people grumbled against Moses. They said, well, what are we supposed to drink? The people grumbled and complained. But Moses cried out to the Lord. And God was gracious and provided. The Lord showed Moses a piece of wood. He says, Moses, let me tell you a secret. Bitter water is not a problem for me. I can heal bitter water. See that piece of wood over there? Put it in the water and watch what happens. And so Moses put the stick in the water and the bitter water was healed. It was now fresh and life-giving. And then God said something else. He said, by the way, Mo, I, know I not only heal water, I heal people. And then God gave this promise. He said, if you will listen to my voice, I will keep you well. For I am the Lord that heals you. Now in Hebrew, God was revealing one of his covenant names. In Hebrew, it was, I am Yahweh Rapha. And see, that's a covenant secret. God is Yahweh Rapha. It's part of his nature. It's part of his identity to be a healer. Now, it's significant that the very first secret God shared in Iyar 
is that he is a healer. In Hebrew, the letters that make up the word I-R, I-Y-A-R, form an acrostic. And what they spell out is the promise of God found in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord, your healer. So I-R is a month of healing. Expect God's healing to be in your life this month. You know, it's important to know that God is a healer. So many people come to God and say, oh Lord, I'm sick, but I don't know if it's your will to heal me. Let me tell you, God is the Lord who heals. It's his will to heal. Uh, I love this quote from healing evangelist John G. Lake. He said, when I saw for the first time by the word of God that sickness is not the will of God, everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. And see, when you know that sickness is not God's will, it releases faith to trust God and overcome the enemy. And you can experience healing. So knowing the secrets of the kingdom can change your life. In the wilderness, God began to show them the secret things of God. At Marah, God revealed the first secret. He said, I am Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who heals you. That's a kingdom secret God wants you to know. The next place of testing was a place called Elam. Exodus 15 says they came to Elam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees and they camped there near the water. Elam was a wonderful place. It was a place of provision. It was a place of refreshing. See, Elam was a different kind of test. After the hot, dry desert and the disappointment at Merah, God brought them to a beautiful place. And God revealed himself as Yahweh Rohi, the Lord my shepherd, who leads you into his blessing, who surprises us with his goodness. And the question at Elam was, how would they respond to his blessing? See, when God blesses, he is looking for a response of thankfulness. Deuteronomy 28 says his goal is to find a people who will serve him with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things. See, when things were bad, Israel was quick to complain. The test is, would they be just as quick to praise God with a thankful heart when he blessed them? And again, they failed the test. There's no praise celebration at Elam. Elam should have strengthened their faith for the rest of the journey, but they were not thankful. And one key to increasing your faith is when God brings you into a time of refreshing, be sure your heart overflows with praise. Another place of testing was Rephidim. Problem there, there was no water there at all. Exodus 17 says they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And I think the issue at Rephidim is they couldn't even see any way that God could provide. You know, most of us have this thing. If we see a way that God could do it, that makes it easier to trust him. But they were in the desert without water. They could not see any place that water could come from. The sky overhead was cloudless. All they could see on the ground were dead, dry rocks. 
So they gave in to hopelessness and unbelief. And see, God was testing them to see if they had learned to trust him. Now they could have chosen to trust him, but instead they, dr- they grumbled. And yet God provided. God told Moses to strike the rock and suddenly abundant water came gushing out. And God revealed another covenant secret. He is Yahweh Jireh, the Lord who sees your need and provides. So in the month of Iyar, thank God that he can make a way even if you can't see the way. Tell your neighbor, God can make a way. You see, you can always choose to trust God. If you have a need and you don't see a way God can meet it, you can still make the choice to thank him that he has a way. One of my favorite confessions of faith is this, Lord, thank you that you are meeting all of my needs right now because your grace is sufficient for me. No matter what situation you're in, you can say, Lord, you are meeting all of my needs because your grace is sufficient. Remember, God can even bring water from a rock. God is Yahweh Jireh, and that's a covenant secret. And so all the way from Egypt to Sinai, all through the month of Iyar, God revealed covenant secrets one after the other. He revealed to them who he is and what they can trust him to do. And that was an important part of their transition from Egypt to Sinai. But Iyar is a month to learn God's secrets, and that wasn't just true in the Old Testament. Iyar is also a transition month in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Iyar was the month God transitioned the church from redemption at Passover to power at Pentecost. It was the the month when the resurrected Jesus met with his disciples to commission them and to prepare them to establish his church. See, Iyar is an important month in the New Testament. Nisan was the month of Passover. That's when Jesus was crucified. He gave his life to be our Passover lamb. Savan is Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out. God birthed a new humanity called the church, the ecclesia. But in between is Iyar. It's the Vav. It's the connecting link. It's a month of transition. It's when Jesus prepared his followers for Pentecost. And God wants to use this month to prepare you for Pentecost. In Iyar, Jesus revealed the secrets of the kingdom to the first apostles to equip them for their mission. You know, IR was one of the most important times in Jesus' earthly ministry. Sometimes we think of Jesus' earthly ministry as the three years he spent walking around with his disciples, teaching and performing miracles. But there's a lot more to Jesus' ministry than that. At 12 years old, Jesus was already teaching in the temple. From age 12 to age 30, Jesus worked as a carpenter, but he was also a recognized rabbi. At his baptism, the Holy Spirit came on him. He he confronted the devil in the wilderness and was activated into supernatural gifts. 
And then for three years, he traveled around Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. He taught, he healed, he delivered, he performed miracles. And then he went to the cross. And see, that was his goal. His highest ministry was to redeem you by being your Passover lamb. But then on the Sunday after Passover, on the Feast of first fruits, Jesus was raised to life. He, is, he had a resurrected body. He had great power, but his ministry on earth was not over. For 40 more days, he continued to minister to the disciples. And most of that time was in the month of Iyar. During the month of Iyar, Jesus met with his disciples many times. He appeared to them repeatedly in Jerusalem. He sent them up to Galilee and he met with them there. And then they came back to Jerusalem and they met again. We're told for 40 days, he met with them individually and in groups as large as 500. And we're told he taught them many things. This was a crucial time because Jesus was about to leave and was entrusting God's redemptive plan to his church. That must have been an incredible time for the disciples. I mean, Jesus was in his resurrected body. He could walk through walls, but we also see him sitting around the campfire with his friends and having a meal. It was a time of intense teaching. There was a lot of teaching. Luke 24 says, beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. He spent a lot of time teaching. And Acts 1-3 said he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. What was he doing? He was revealing the secrets of the kingdom. This was a pivotal time. The things Jesus revealed during this month of Iyar changed his followers from being disciples to being apostles, from being followers to being leaders. And they entered a whole new level of glory. Acts 1, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, during this time, Jesus gave the apostles instructions. The New American Standard says he gave them orders. Jesus was giving the apostles kingdom directives on how to establish his church. Now, what instructions did he give them? Well, most of that teaching is not recorded in detail, but three things are very clear. First, he revealed his secret plan to expand his kingdom into all the world. It was an IR that Jesus gave the Great Commission. And he didn't just give it once, over and over and over again. He said the same thing. John 20, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Matthew 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. Luke 24, repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations. Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Now you read through those in context that were all spoken at different times and in different places. So all through that 40 days, over and over again, Jesus stressed the same thing, you are being sent. And guess what? He's still saying that. Tell your neighbor, you 
are being sent. <laughs> Secondly, he gave them instructions to train every believer to minister. It was never his plan for a Christian to be someone that went to church on Sunday morning and then went back home and lived a normal life. Matthew, we see that in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission. He said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you. So the way to make disciples is to teach the new converts to do the same things Jesus had commanded the disciples to do. Now, what had Jesus commanded them to do? Well, repeatedly he sent them out with a command to go out and minister. One of his most frequent commands was, as you go, heal the sick. See, Jesus commanded his followers to heal. Luke chapter 9, he sent out the 12. He said, as you go, heal the sick. Luke chapter 10, he sent out the 72. He said, as you go, heal the sick. That was a command. Do you realize if they had gone out and won the lost, but not healed the sick, they would have been disobedient. Healing was as much God's will in the New Testament as it was in the Old Testament. Now Jesus had promised power to heal to all who followed him. How many are followers of Jesus? Do you realize Jesus has promised to give you power to heal the sick? Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who believe they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Woo! Everybody look at your hand. You know what that's there for? <laughs> I mean, you can eat some food with it, but God says it's there to lay on sick people and impart healing from God. You will lay your... Tell your neighbor, you'll lay your hands on sick people and they will get well. I want to tell you, the first time you do that, you'll get so excited. I mean, you lay your hands on somebody, all of a sudden they're healed and you think, wow, God, I didn't know you could do that. But he does. John 14, 12. This is a verse nobody actually believes, but it's still true. He who believes in me will do the works, will do the miracles I have done. And they'll do greater works than I have done because I go to the Father. And so Jesus told the disciples, teach the church to do the same things I commanded you to do. See, the church was not supposed to be an audience. The church was supposed to be an army. So, the first thing Jesus said, I want you to go into all the world. This message needs to go everywhere to every person. Secondly, I want you to teach your followers to do the same things I taught you to do. And then third, he gave the disciples a secret strategy called fivefold ministry. Ephesians 4 tells us to, to equip the saints for the work of ministry re requires the input of five specific gifts. There's apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. And when all five of those are at work, 
believers will learn to minister and the body of Christ will be built up. And amazingly, that's what we see the apostles establishing in the book of Acts. As you read through the book of Acts, the apostles didn't just slap a generic pastor label on everyone that wanted to be a leader. You know, you read through the book of Acts, there's not a lot of talk about pastors. Who was the pastor of the church at Antioch? Who was the pastor of the church at Jerusalem? But they, they did have five-fold ministries. They didn't give everybody a label of pastor and give them the same job descriptions. The apostles identified, trained, and set in place five kinds of ministers. As you go through the book of Acts, some were called apostles, some were called prophets, some were called teachers, some were called pastors, some were called evangelists. They each knew what they were. Not everybody was expected to do the same thing. But see, that is how the church equipped the saints. Jesus created a new wineskin for his church. There were evangelists who won people to Jesus, usually through miracles. There were pastors who comforted and took care of them. Then there were prophets who would speak into their lives and give them vision and direction. And then there were teachers who gave training and instruction. And there were apostles that set everything in order and sent people out into ministry. And the result was God's people were all equipped. And the church became a mighty army and the world was changed. Now, how did the apostles learn about fivefold ministry. You know, you don't see fivefold ministry in the Old Testament. You don't even see it in the Gospels. I believe it was revealed by Jesus during this 40 day period as he taught them how to establish his church. Jesus revealed the secret of fivefold ministry to the apostles during the month of IR. And so as a result of what Jesus taught the disciples in IR, the church had a commission to reach the world. That had been a secret. That wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. They had a goal to train every believer to heal the sick and drive out demons and do the works of Jesus. That was another kingdom secret. Every believer was supposed to be able to do the same things Jesus did. And then they had a secret God-given strategy called fivefold ministry to enable the church to succeed. And the result was the church became a mighty army operating in Holy Spirit power to reach the world. And so finally the month of Ira was over. Jesus took the disciples to the Mount of Olives and there as they, as they watched, he ascended into heaven. And 10 days later, the day of Pentecost comes. The Holy Spirit falls, and the disciples are different. But it's not just the power of the Holy Spirit, because now they know the secrets of the kingdom. They have a commission from Jesus to reach the world. They have a goal to train every believer to do the works of Jesus. And they have a strategy called fivefold ministry to enable the church to do it. And see, right now, you and I, or in the month of IR. We're between Passover and Pentecost. And IR is still the time to learn God's secrets. In this month of transition, God wants to equip you for your future. 
just as he revealed covenant secrets to Israel to equip them to become his covenant nation, and just as he revealed his secrets to the apostles to prepare them to receive his power, God wants IR to be a month of fresh equipping for you. See, you are God's redeemed people. So let him show you the secrets of the covenant. He's Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who heals you. If you need healing, come to him for healing this month. Come with confidence. Get somebody to pray, lay hands on you and pray for you. But then you go out and lay hands on somebody else to heal them too. He's Yahweh Roha. He's the Lord, your good shepherd. Trust him to lead you into his blessing. He's Yahweh Jireh, the Lord who sees your need and provides. Come to him in faith and receive. He's Yahweh Nisi, the Lord who always leads you in triumph. Praise him for victory over the enemy. And then let him show you the secrets of the kingdom to equip you to serve him. Stay focused on the goal. You are created by God with a destiny to fulfill. You are called to bring in the harvest. Your ultimate goal is to change the world. Tell your neighbor you're a world changer. And then stay focused on your call. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Learn to use your spiritual gifts this month. If you don't understand spiritual gifts, there's a great book in the bookstore called Experiencing the Spirit. It goes through all the gifts and tells you how to see them begin to operate in your life. Number three, submit yourself to God's five-fold strategy and ask God to equip you. See, you don't just need a pastor to take care of you. You need to be built up by all five of the five-fold gifts. This is a month to prepare to receive the power at Pentecost. Tell your neighbor, God has power for you. So this month... Learn the secrets of God. It's time to cross over from Passover to Pentecost. Lord, we thank you for this month. Lord, this, let this be a month of preparation, of equipping. Lord, I pray your anointing on each one here to press forward in you to receive the fresh anointing of power at Pentecost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I usually turn it over to Brian, but he is not here. <laughs> Anybody else want to take it? <laughs> there we go. Let's, let's stand up. Oh, I love, I don't know that you could have gotten a more clear picture about how we are to move and operate in a command and a commission. There is a difference, and Robert laid that out so beautifully. So thank you, Robert, for that. I love it moving forward that we can see that clear picture of our command and our commission. Um, so as we move into Pentecost, I just want to say, if you have not signed up, Pentecost is May 26th through the 28th, and signups are available. So if you will be in town, for those of you on the web, if you're planning to make a trip in, uh, you can go ahead, you can get signed up, get all of that taken care of beforehand. Pre-planning is very good. So we bless you guys. Look for the emails for all that's going on this week, and we'll see you guys on Sunday.